You are about to enter the Fantasy Feast podcast and love what you hear. But first, I want to tell you about DraftKings. You should already know about DraftKings. If you don't, where have you been? Take your shot at big cash prizes with basketball contests every day or take a swing at golf, hockey, or more every week. Drafting your team is so easy. Just select your players and stay under the salary cap. Listen, there's still football going on with XFL action this weekend. Plus, when you join DraftKings today, you can play free for over 100000 in prizes with your first deposit. Get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code FEAST during sign-up and get a free shot at over $100,000 in prizes with your first deposit. Do not forget, that's code FEAST, and get a free shot at over $100,000 in prizes with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, Head over to betonline.ag, use promo code PODCAST1, you'll receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, five podcasts, the Even Money podcast for sports betting. We did a bunch of XFL games this week with Evan Silva, our old friend, so if you're missing Evan, Check out the Even Money podcast this week. We got into some post-combine stuff with Matt Waldman on the College Draft podcast. We did Andrew Brandt and I had a breakdown of the combine from a business perspective as well as the player CBA on the Ross Tucker football podcast yesterday. And Andrew Brandt does the Business of Sports podcast as well. More importantly, he is Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. He's an absolute stud. He's my co-host on the Fantasy Feast podcast. I love him. I love doing the show with him. And I'm very excited about today's guest, who is Scott Barrett. Absolute stud. He's been on the show before. This guy knows data. This guy dominates data. And he's about to tell you a few things that will blow your mind. Speaking of blowing your mind, when you trim your man parts, it will blow your mind how much better and bigger it looks. Trust me, I do this mainly for my own ego because I don't think my wife even cares that much at this point. I mean, she does, but she wouldn't say anything. We've been married for almost 15 years. But you know what? Manscaped made me feel better about myself. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. Comes with the Lawnmower 3.0 that has the advanced skin safe technology, plus the Crop Preserver, anti chafing ball deodorant. Listen, nobody wants to chafe, number one, 
And nobody wants a big hairy bush down there. All right. Trim it up, boys. Trim it up. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code FEAST. Your partner, your body, your ego, and your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com. Code FEAST. Well, as promised, Joe, we are joined now by Scott Barrett, who's an industry legend at Scott Barrett DFB on Twitter. He's a stud. Can't wait to get his combine winners, losers. DFB, dude fantasy bro, Scott? That's right. Dude, I love that. Dude, fantasy bro. <laughs> I love that. All right, so let's let's get into some people. And by the way, we're talking about the college players for that are going to be rookies in the NFL. We're not talking about, you know, what GMs and head coaches said about veteran players. We're talking about some of the winners and losers at the skill position from the combine. So let's start with the tight ends, Scott. And Albert, oh my gosh, his last name's crazy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> um, from Missouri, who already yeah. had a lot of a lot of hype coming into the combine from a statistical perspective, and then he killed it. Yeah. So Albert Okue Boonham. Uh, he ran the third best weight adjusted 40 yard dash since 2000. And that is easily the most predictive uh, combine related variable you can look at for fantasy tight ends. It goes number one speed score, which is weight adjusted 40 by, by a, a, a significant margin and then slightly less the bench press and the vert. But those don't care. Like look at the, top tight ends at the combine by weight adjusted 40 speed score uh in the top 20 you got vernon davis at one you got ben watson jimmy graham greg olson evan ingram noah fan oj howard jared cook george kittle the list goes on and on and and really the combine i think all the data suggests is is overrated at least how the nfl views it how the the, the typical fan views it, how, you know, typical fantasy analysts view it, but it, it's definitely not overrated for uh, tight ends and especially not with uh, speed score or weight adjusted 40. And yeah, uh, historically great score from him. Uh, and he is easily the most athletic uh, tight end in this class. And he, he jumped from, I was hearing an early day three guy to now potentially an early day two guy. So, so massively, uh, big day for him, big performance from him. And, and Ross, the thing about Okoye Boonam, too, is that he was really product productive in college in the red zone. Uh, he caught only 98 passes in his three years at Missouri, but he turned 23 of them into a touchdown. I mean, this was a mid to low tier SEC program. So he's going up against big time competition and he is dominating in the red zone. So we have a guy who not only he can run in the open field, we know he can do that. Look what he just did at the combine, but we know he can use his size in the red zone. 23 touchdowns on 98 career receptions. This is a guy who, hey, maybe he doesn't contribute early for fantasy. It's been really difficult for tight ends to kind of break through as rookies. But when we start looking at him as a year two guy, 
absolutely a dynasty prospect. I am in on Alberto Kue Bunam was super productive and had a huge combine. I cannot believe you both are already able to pronounce his last name. That is crazy. <laughs> I've been practicing. That is unbelievable. That dude is like Big V for the Eagles for me. He's Alberto. He is Alberto from Vitae, the colon. Uh, no matter, uh, you know what? With my luck, he'll get drafted by the Eagles, and I'll have to be saying that name in the preseason. Although, <laughs> with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, I highly doubt it that the Eagles would go that way. What about um, Scott uh, Cole? I, I, it's weird. Is it Komet? How do you pronounce Cole's last name? I've watched him a bunch at Notre Dame, but for some reason, I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, Joe, do you know? Yeah, it's Komet. Yes, it, okay. it, it looks it, exactly as it looks. Komet, yes. I, I pride myself <laughs> never on never Silent K, by the way. That, that's his new nickname. How about that? Cole K? Yeah, Even though it's not good. silent. But, uh, but yeah, so he had, by my metrics, you know, remember, speed score is the most important variable. Bench press, vert, uh, are two and three. Uh, using a com- composite score, uh, he had the second best uh, combine of any tight end. He was actually a guy who's, who was high up on boards early on. Uh, he really showed elite burst, uh, excelling at the vert, excelling at the broad jump. And he had the second best speed score in the class. It wasn't historic like, like Albert O's. It was actually significantly far behind, but it was the second best score in the class. Um, and then, and then right behind him was, was Adam Troutman, uh, okay. Speed score, but, uh, uh, elite, elite weight adjusted three cone. One of the, one of the three best ever by a tight end that, that stat doesn't matter as much as speed score, but, but it's sort of up there. And he was another guy who, who people were high on. Yeah. So the thing with Cole Komet Ross is a, a lot of the, the people who really like, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, people who are into film really in, uh, enjoyed Cole Komet's tape. He wasn't terribly productive until his final year at Notre Dame, though. But now you also have to keep in mind that Notre Dame's a, a, a school that has put a lot of tight ends into the NFL in the last decade. We're talking Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, um, and now they have three guys who were drafted all in the last five years who are all playing uh, in Ben Koyak, Durham Smythe, and Alizé Mack. So you're looking at, at, at Cole Komet was playing behind a lot of these guys who ended up in the NFL. So maybe that explains his lack of production. Um, the thing I will say about Adam Troutman is I talked to uh, Fran Duffy from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Um, obviously, Ross, you're familiar with his work intimately. And, and he said with Adam Troutman, he had a phenomenal on-field workout by the eye test. The positional drills were really good for him. He looked natural out there. So even though um, I I really think Albert O uh, was the only one, and I'm sure Scott would agree, who truly blew up the combine at the tight end position, um, there were some guys, Troutman included, who had really good positional workouts, and and that should probably be factored in as well, although we obviously can't put that into a spider graph the way we can with the measurables. So interesting to hear Scott talk about Troutman because I do know Fran Duffy, who was down there on the field, really enjoyed watching him in the positional workouts. Uh, yeah, so so by my data, uh, Albert O is like a top seven percentile tight end uh, freak athlete. And then, you know, Komet and Troutman were, were two and three, but they were, you know, top 25%. So, so definitely uh, um, 
a big difference there. Uh, Troutman was a player whose stats I liked. Like I, I didn't like Cole Komet's stats. Uh, Albert O, like you said, you know, a touchdown every four point three catches is absurd. Uh, but but Troutman's stats uh, kind of jumped off the page. First of all, he was PFF's highest graded tight end in 2019. Uh, he posted uh, an elite, uh, historically strong uh, yards per route run average. Uh, his his final season. Uh, the third best in the PFF college era. Uh, he comprised 33% of his team's total yards and touchdowns, uh, near perfect passer rating when targeted. L- literally any stat you want to look at, he crushed. But then again, he did it at uh, um, a small school at Dayton. He didn't face a single power five opponent across his entire career. But, uh, you know, clearly by these numbers, by his, his combine, uh, you can see the the comp uh, the potential's high, though of course he is unproven. So Scott, you were saying uh, and talking about forty being the most relevant, based on what? Like if it's just let, let's take a step back. What data do you have, and what data are you going off of for that statement? Yeah, so I spent days and days looking at this looking at historic uh, combine data and seeing which events were the most predictive for fantasy points at the NFL level. Uh, And, you know, you could do like shorthand stats, like here's one for you. So look at every single tight end to ever uh, reach 1000 yards and participate at the combine since 2000. Pretty, pretty big list, right? on the whole, the averaged a 4.61 40-yard dash, and 90% were below 4.7. Zach Ertz was one of the few who wasn't. Uh, and then the averaged a 113 speed score, and then 90% hit at least 105.0. Uh, so that's so. So look at this year's class, and remember, we were just talking about Albert O's historic speed score. He was. 126.9 uh and then next closest was 107 uh and then two guys i was in love with pre pre combine harrison bryant hunter bryant i'm now a lot more skeptical with them because they were both double digits in speed score and we just said 90 percent hit 105 Interesting. Now, Harrison Bryant was a guy, Scott, who I know te- um, showed very well in the positional drills, but his his measurables left a hell of a lot to be desired. I know. Um, what what? How do you reevaluate when you're looking at a guy who you loved coming into um, into the 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 combine? And I know Hunter Bryant was actually Pro Football Focus's number one, I believe, pre combine tight end. Um, well, how do you reevaluate based on a, on a poor combine? Is it something where you completely discount the guy, or do you look for outliers? That's probably not the best way to succeed. Um, uh, or is it a mix? Do you trust your eyes, but you also have to say, look, there's something that I'm not seeing here. Yeah. So, so you know, talent evaluators will say, well, we just have to go back and look at the tape and see what's going on. I'm not a great tape grinder. Uh, but what I'll, but I, I did spend, like I said, days and days looking at this data and what the data says is it's massively overrated for wide receivers for tight ends. It, it does matter, uh, to a pretty big degree. And I look at it, uh, in, in terms of thresholds, like, like I just described, you know, 
I think, uh, don't have it in front of me, but the tight ends who had a speed score um, below 95, uh, you know, only like uh, one for every 30 had a top 10 fantasy season in the NFL. So that's worrisome for a CJ O'Grady, a Jared Pinckney, uh, uh, guys like that. Um, so, so yeah, of course, Hunter Bryant, I loved, he was my number one, uh, pre-combine tight end. I mean, his freshman year at 19 years old, uh, he outsnapped Drew Sample, a second round pick. Uh, he out-targeted Will Disley. He was second on the team in receiving yards before his injury. And he was only a handful of yards behind Dante Pettis, who had the team lead. That's, that's ridiculous. Early breakout age, uh, market share, everything you want to look at. <clears throat> and then he had, you know, multiple injuries throughout his career and a bad combine. I, I don't know if he's, he's falling from my number one spot. I don't think, I don't think that Albert O's speed score was enough to bump him above. But but yeah, in, in my overall rankings, I'm I'm definitely more pessimistic on a Hunter Bryant. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Ross, I think we should probably get into some other positions here. Um, spent a lot of time on the tight ends, and uh, I wonder if that's a position, Ross, where we don't really talk about the combine being all that important. There's so much more of a focus, at least from a fantasy standpoint, in my opinion, on the running backs and wide receivers. And we had some interesting guys show up there as well. Yeah, let's start, Scott, uh, with the guys that had some crazy size-speed combos, Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, so for tight ends, like I said, speed score, which is just weight-adjusted 40-yard dash time, so adjusting your 40-yard dash for for how heavy you are. Um, that's also the most important variable for running backs, and again, by a big margin over second, which was Burt, third, which was broad jump, and then BMI three cone. Uh, so speed score, number one, and historic year for uh, the speed score, uh, Jonathan Taylor posted the 15th best mark since 2000. It was the best since Saquon Barkley. Uh, and then right behind him, A.J. Dillon, uh, he's the seventh heaviest running back since 2000. And he ran, but like no body fat on him. Uh, and he ran a 4.53 40-year dash. That's a 95th percentile speed score. So really great days for for both of those guys. Jonathan Taylor, he was my RB1 pre-draft. Uh, now it seems everyone's jumped on board. He's he's now the RB1. Love to see that. A.J. Dillon was a, a huge sleeper for me. It, he, he ranks fourth in rushing yards per game since 2000, but the dynasty community just completely sleeping on him. Uh, and now he's, you know, a second round rookie pick in dynasty league. So, uh, huge combine for, for both of them made themselves some good money. It looks like. Yeah. Ross. Uh, and the thing with Jonathan Taylor here, um, one thing I think he solidified when it comes to fantasy here is draft capital and his huge combine, he was fighting against a narrative. Okay. And, and I think people who scout, and, and bo both with tape and with numbers understood that Jonathan Taylor didn't fit the narrative of a Wisconsin plotter the way you think of maybe a Monty <laughs> Ball or or a Ron Dane or somebody like that. And he's had to fight through that. Uh, but I think people who really watched him knew he didn't fit into that. But the combine and with how well he tested, 
I mean, I'm beginning to think Jonathan Taylor might actually be a first round pick. And that's a discuss Scott and I have had this discussion a whole lot. I- I'm I'm sick of talking about what whether or not running backs should go in the first, second, whatever round. The point is, it does matter for fantasy if they do go that high. And I, and Jonathan Taylor is not making it out of the second round. I think he could go in the first round. So the thing that I think he really locked up, and to a lesser extent, A.J. Dillon, who I think is probably a day two pick at this point, they locked up draft capital, which means they're going to go to a team that likely needs a running back. They're going to go to a team where they're going to have a big role right away. And then you look at last year where – Guys like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, these guys who were taken in the first two rounds of the NFL draft ended up being excellent fantasy backs because draft capital does matter, and it does matter at least early in their career for running backs. And Jonathan Taylor, look, if this guy's a top 25 pick, he's going to end up being a second or third round pick in fantasy drafts. And I'm not talking rookie drafts. I'm talking overall drafts. If he lands in the right spot on the right team, Absolutely, Jonathan Taylor is going to be somebody who pe- teams will be drafting for fantasy, maybe even as an RB1. And look, it, it, he's super talented. I think he has a better track record than Josh Jacobs had last year. Remember, a lot of people were worried about Jacobs' track record, and he has better measurables. So Jonathan Taylor right now looks like, depending on landing spot, at, at the bare minimum, the number two pick in, in fantasy rookie drafts and probably the number one at, at this stage. Wow, I like it, Joe. Well, before we get to some of the running backs that were losers, Joe, tell everybody that is a loser if they don't get the underwear that you love and wear every day. Yeah, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor was wearing Tommy John at the Combine, but he sure looked like he was with uh, how well he uh, was moving out there. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear, and then, of course, there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere including me. My wife likes them too. To put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give an F. As a matter of fact, Tommy John gives three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. Tommy John obsesses over (laughs) every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you have ever worn before. As a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee. Comfortable, stay-put waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather light. This is key here moisture wicking scott i know you like moisture wicking underwear breathable and designed to move with you not against you that means there's no bunching and no riding up tommy john is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair you can get a full refund with their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee there's a bunch of internal rhymes in there i learned about that in brit lit mrs Savetic would be happy with me if you prefer to shop in stores you can find them in over 1200 retail locations across the country including nordstrom stores nationwide tommy john no adjustment needed give three f's about your underwear and upgrade with tommy john today and this is especially for scott because i know he's about to order hurry to tommyjohn.com slash feast for 20 percent off your first order that's tommyjohn.com slash feast for 20 percent off tommyjohn.com slash feast speaking of a good fit or not scott zach moss <laughs> from utah talk to me yeah, so so Zach Moss was another one of my favorites. He just forced a bazillion missed tackles at college, which is one of the 
uh, again, most predictive stats for looking at a college running back and projecting them to the NFL level. If you look at the best uh, college running backs by missed tackles force, it's a who's who of, you know, the league's most productive fantasy running backs, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, except for David Montgomery, who may or may not be a bust. Uh, And the one issue with David Montgomery was he lacked uh, initial bursts. He lacked uh, top end speed. And unfortunately, Zach Moss, uh, really disappointing combine. It's clear teams are interested in him. He had 13 team visits at the combine, which is uh, almost more than twice the next closest running back. Uh, But 4.65, 40 yard dash, really disappointing. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted immediately after that Zach Moss tweaked his hamstring during the vertical jump. Uh, and he decided to push through the 40 and, and drills anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's just a, a savvy agent trying to, trying to cover up a bad 40 or now if teams have to worry about uh, Zach Moss's lengthy uh, injury history, which he certainly had in college. So, uh, definitely a disappointing day for for Zach Moss, a player I, I still love, but uh, he, he's definitely a combine loser. Uh, there were two guys I watched, Ross, uh, and Zach Moss being one of them. Um, Scott actually brought up Kareem Hunt. Moss kind of remind me of Kareem Hunt. And when I oh, I loved Kareem Hunt, and I remember talking to my buddy Graham Barfield about this when Hunt came out of Toledo. I was like, the guy's a weeble. A weeble wobble. He doesn't fall <laughs> down. He just has amazing balance. And Zach Moss kind of fit that to me. Um, the one problem here, and Scott alluded to it, was Kareem Hunt had a much better, uh, I believe, vertical and broad jump at the combine than Zach Moss did. So hopefully the injury excuse is legitimate. But there was another guy who I thought had great balance, was a great receiver uh, in college, um, a great pass protector, but really did not show well at the combine. And that was Clyde Edwards-Alaire from LSU. Um, the thing about Edwards-Alaire, though, though, 5'7", 207 small. He is stout. He did not run a good 40 at 4'6". However, the vertical and the broad jump were exceptional for him. And Scott, this is a question for you when it comes to Edwards Alaire, because I think you might have liked his film as well. The 40 was not good. The size is not good. The bench press was not good. However, that lower body explosion, I actually think that did show up on film, even if he doesn't have the long speed. So how do you reevaluate him coming out of the combine? Uh, yeah, so the bench press pretty much doesn't matter at all for running backs. Uh, but like I said earlier, the vert and then the broad jump were the, the second and third most predictive events for when predicting fantasy points, which surprisingly above three cone, which which I wouldn't have expected. And yeah, that's a measure, I think, of explosiveness, uh, you know, strong legs, easy to have have tacklers bounce off you. Um, it was a disappointing uh, combine, I, I guess, but everything I'm hearing is that uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, teams are still salivating over the chance to draft him uh, on day two. Uh, and you, you can look back through the combine data. There's a lot of really talented running backs with a similar, you know, height, weight, 40 uh, um, combination. Uh, to Edward Solaire, which was Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, Sean Alexander, Kareem Hunt, Frank Gore, uh, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, all in that weight 40 BMI range. Um, and, and, and this is a guy who, 
you know, like you said, you know, the tape speaks for itself. Uh, and he caught what 55 balls at the SEC. That yeah, really that just doesn't happen. So you, you have to feel good about his bell cow potential at the next level. And in fantasy, that's what you want is the guys who are catching passes, racking up those PPR points, staying on the field on third down. So uh, disappointing combine, but but still a player to like for for dynasty and, and season long leagues. Joe, what about Darrington Evans from App State? I know he caught your eye. Yeah, I mean, way under the radar type of guy who I think probably many would have would have put into the maybe mid-day three, like a fifth round range here. But he was productive in college. And when you're talking about things that matter, well, Scott just brought him up. Broad jump, according to mockdraftable.com, 88th percentile. Vertical jump, 80th percentile. And on top of that, he had an excellent 40 at 441, which is the 89th percentile. Um, I think there were some things on his film that you might not have liked. Um, wasn't necessarily the toughest runner inside, but this guy was super explosive at the combine. And when you post those kind of explosiveness scores, you're going to get drafted. I think he might sneak into day two now, maybe a late third round, potentially maybe an early fourth round pick. But he is certainly somebody in the right spot. Behind a good offensive line, this guy could create some big plays. I don't know what you thought of him, Scott, but this is a guy who, at the Combine, I think uh, kind of stood out among his peers. Yeah, so he definitely had a, a really good day. Um, I think by my composite s- score, I had DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers a little bit better. Uh, but he was in that Eno Benjamin, Joshua Kelly uh, tier. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I liked him too. He... I think Lance Zerline comped him to Ronald Jones. Uh, he has some third down ability. Uh, he can return punts and kicks. So teams are going to like that. Um, d- definitely, definitely a guy who, who helped his, his, uh, his, his status come draft day. Let's get to wide receivers, which I think is interesting because in your notes to me, Scott, you said combine doesn't matter for wide receivers. Like what? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so well, I wish I would have been the guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire who runs a really crappy time and everybody immediately says, nah, it doesn't matter for him. Nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I love how everybody decides ahead of time who the 40 time matters for and doesn't. Evidently, for Edward Hilaire, it didn't matter at all. I wish people would have told me that when I was coming out. Now, you're telling me wide receivers, nothing matters? Yeah. So, I mean, it's massively, massively overrated. Uh, and it, it might not even really matter, to be honest. So, you know, before I, I, I said, you know, for tight ends, it's speed score for running backs, it's speed score for wide receivers. The combined variable that correlates best to fantasy points at the next level is weight and then speed score and then age. So it's wow. like and, and th- these correlations are way less than for running backs and tight ends. And so like, here's, here's a really uh, I, I nifty anecdote for you guys. So if you look at all wide receivers who were drafted in the second round and participated in the combine since 2000, that's when my, my data goes back. So second round wide receivers invited to the combine, the mo the, the, the events with the highest correlations to fantasy points were the broad jump, the three cone and speed score, except they were all negative correlations. 
So it's saying these are the three most important events, but the oh less Lord. athletic you are, the more fantasy points we should expect you to score. Obviously, super counterintuitive, but it's just and, – and remember that none of these events matter as much as draft capital, capital and, and draft capital is influenced by how athletic you are. So really, the numbers are implying you know, NFL teams, after round one, NFL teams might just be better off completely ignoring – the combine for wide receivers. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I mean, like it, it makes sense to me, um, you, you know, wide receivers, how often are they running full speed on their routes? There, there's a lot of, uh, th- there's things you can measure like a three cone. Um, and there's things you can't measure like route running prowess, your ability to beat press coverage. Uh, and the data is saying that that's more important than these, you know, I mean, like how good does broad invert even measure explosiveness? Probably not that great. But again, like the second round wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Anquan Bolden, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Chad Johnson, all, all bad combines. The, the wide receivers with amazing combines, you know, the Paul Richardson's of the world, uh, Eddie Royal, uh, I mean, Greg Little, Stephen Hill. Uh, yeah. So, so again, all the data suggests at least massively overrated matters way less than NFL teams think it does. And it might just not even matter. Ross, if you look at Jarvis Landry's combine, uh, spider graph up at mockdraftable.com, you might get the impression that this guy might be the least athletic person in the NFL. I'm I'm not even exaggerating. He might be like Rob Kelly level athlete, and yet he's caught what five six hundred passes in his NFL career. So, um, Scott, does that mean college production matters more? Does it mean film study matters more? What 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 do you think actually does correlate from college with wide receivers into the NFL? Yeah. So, uh, the the thing that correlates best is is my personal model that I created. And then after that is uh, draft capital, uh, m- massively more than any single combine event. Uh, and remember, for wide receivers, the correlations are basically zero overall. Mm-hmm. And that's with the fact that, you know, 40-yard dash has a massive impact on, on draft capital, like where they're taken in the draft. Um, but yeah, so in my model, uh, it, what's, what's heavily weighted is yards for route run, which at the NFL level is easily the best efficiency stat uh, for predicting fantasy points. Uh, early, uh, early year breakout age. So the, the earlier, earlier you broke out in college, you put up big numbers, how, how young you were like, you know, Juju Smith Schuster had his first 100 yard game when he was 17 years old. That's a, that's a really strong positive indicator of talent because you're, you're operating at a, unfair uh, disadvantage uh, because, you know, you're not done growing, you're inexperienced, you're fresh out of high school, and you're still dominating in college against guys who are three years bigger, three years older than you, three years more experienced than you. So chances are, you know, when you're three years older, you're going to be that much better. Uh, You're going to, at the NFL level, you know, the the growing pains aren't going to be as severe for you. Uh, That end dominator rating, um, uh, really just yardage market share, touchdown market share. We want to see guys who, you know, uh, 
who, who, who just racked up a ton of yardage and a high percentage of the team's total passing offense. Chances are, you know, if you're getting 39% of your team's passing yards, you're really good. Um, so those are some of the things that I think, well, the numbers bear out as being massively more important than say 40 yard dash vert three cone. So my question is, let, let, let's use a guy as an example here. Obviously, I mean, this has been awesome, Ross. We know that. Uh, it's, it's, it's gone long. But let's use a guy like Justin Jefferson out of LSU, for example, because he didn't play a whole lot his freshman year. So his breakout age is, is mediocre at best. His second year, he was relatively productive, but it was in an offense with Joe Burrow. Hey, look, I mean, coming into this year, we might have thought Joe Burrow was like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. Now he's going to be the number one overall pick. And then in, in, in as a junior, when this entire offense changed, he comes out, he catches 116 passes. He scores 12, 13, 14 touchdowns. He goes over 1,500 yards receiving. And then he has a good combine. How do you reconcile all that stuff, early breakout age, market share, all that, with a guy who was in a couple of different offenses and an offense that clearly improved across the board in his final year in college, does that make him a, a tricky evaluation? Because he was somebody who stood out to me at the combine. Yeah, well, he, he's also one of the youngest wide receivers in this class. So he definitely does have uh, early career breakout age. Um, he, he less so uh, dominator rating because Jamar Chase you know, lit up the world. Um, but you know, overall raw numbers, really strong. Uh, and like you said, he probably no offensive player helped their draft stock more than Justin Jefferson. Cause one of the question marks apparently was his, his speed. Um, my question is how much does that, that, that matter for a big slot? Like, like look at all the big slots, like Larry Fitzgerald at this point of his career, Keenan Allen, um, Jordan Matthews, like these guys all really bad combines. Uh, does the fact that this guy's super athletic make him that much more valuable or is it sort of a position where it doesn't, doesn't matter so much? Um, I don't know, but, but I do know teams, teams, uh, it matters a lot more to teams than the, the data bears out. Now he's probably pushing late first, uh, consideration. Uh, I, I think he's a lock for the first round at this point because I think uh, this is just my opinion. I think the big yeah. three, your rugs, your Judy, and your Lamb. I think those guys might all go top fifteen at this point. Uh, it's just I think Justin Jefferson's like almost a guaranteed first round pick after that combine. But, uh, again, though, he he ran ninety nine percent of his routes from the slot last year, and like mm -hmm. I don't know why you would take that. That's just like a, a pos position that's so easily replaceable. Like Tyler Johnson, we were just saying the combine doesn't matter. Tyler Johnson's numbers by everything that matters blows Justin Jefferson's out of the water. You can get him mid day three. Um, I don't know. I, it's just not a position I, I really value uh, too much. I, I, I don't want to, I, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair because he did run outside a little bit the year before. So, so maybe he can move to the outside, but I think that's the big question with him is if he's I flat only. I think the big question with you, Scott, is why we don't have you on the show more often. First <laughs> of all, your Twitter handle is awesome. Scott Barrett, DFB. I love it. Um, highly recommend everybody follow Scott for his great work. 
Uh, he and Joe go back a long ways, and that was excellent. Awesome, perfect guest to have post-combine. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me. Man, that was awesome. Reminds me of Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking for to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. Listen, I got my nephew, I got a Box of Awesome. I gave him the Weekender bag, which was awesome. I gave my brother-in-law because I had gotten two of them, the Dob kit, the toiletry kit. Box of Awesome is awesome. Here's what you do. You get started. You take a quick quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Then you get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code FEAST for 20% off your first box. That'll do it, by the way, for a fantastic Fantasy Feast podcast this week. Scott Barrett was amazing. Joe Dolan is always a stud. Tomorrow, we will have Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, breaking down the running backs. You don't want to miss that. GC is the best, and his breakdowns of prospects are amazing. We'll get into all the top running backs to really piggyback off what we did here on today's Fantasy Feast Podcast. Other than that, I am totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. But there's one more thing before I let you go. BetOnline.ag. There are already bets out for the draft. You just got Scott and Joe's insight into who might get drafted where and how high. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, get the 50% welcome bonus, and win money. PODCAST1 is the code. Betonline.ag is the website. They are your online sportsbook experts.